0: back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Thursday, March the 5th. Another little late episode after the Open Finals wrapped up at the Cattlemen's Derby and Classic in Graham, Texas. On today's show, we recap the Cattlemen's, talk about a little bit of the rollback chat that has been uh, occurring on social media and just out and about in the cutting horse community and what it means to the sport and kind of some um, pros and cons to... Uh, both sides of uh, the rollbacks at the limited-aged events. And lastly, we discuss a couple of hot topics, Metallic Cat being in Yellowstone, and of course Mason Saunders, a.k.a. Madison Bumgarner, competing at team ropings across Arizona and doing pretty dang good at them. So be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast. The 2020 Cattlemen's Derby and Classic is well underway in the great bustling metropolis of Graham, Texas. A couple of champions in the open classes: the 5'6 open champion Rolls Royce and Super G Bo galley marked a 226. The reserve champion was Grant Setnica and Lady Metallic, marking a 221 and a half. In the four-year-old open, Rodrigo Toboga and Sanctus. Took the Derby Open Championship, marking a two twenty three, and co-reserve champions were Tweezin' My Brow and Lloyd Cox, the Goat, marking a two twenty two, tied twice in Santiago and Adon Banuelos, one of the most consistent performers in the showpin thus far this year. Look for Adon Banuelos hauling down the road for that two thousand twenty Open Horse of the Year title for the rest of the year. I, I expect that that pair to to be quite a uh, Quite a quite a doozy for, for most people to beat when it comes when it comes to the show. So, um, and just now we just wrapped up the five six limited competition. Champion was Kara Brewer, marking a two twenty three on Metallic Rabbit, and the reserve champion was Metallic Jack and Neil Roger, marking a two twenty. Guys, Super G, he can't be stopped, can he?
1: No, the whole Bow Gallion Performance Horses and Stallion Station took both championships. And Bo in his fourth five- and six-year-old Open Championship, two on Rolls-Royce now and two on Metallics MVP. I mean, pretty consistent right there. Yeah,
0: I hate to say how smart and how right we are, but we've pretty much been talking about how Rodrigo's going to win one of these events. Um, Bo Gallion, I mean, what's there to say about those two studs? Like we said last week, uh, the 5-6 Open has just gotten so tough and – You'd rarely see someone dominate the competition, and thus far. That's been the story for Super G and both of those studs he's showing.
2: I think, to your point, K. Rudd, I mean, with, I mean, just how phenomenal so far this year has been in the 5-6 Open for Bo to be up on top of that at the, the shows that we've been covering. I mean, it's kind of crazy because of how tough uh, the 5- and 6-year-old has been all year.
1: Yeah, and uh, Grant ended up being second. Congratulations to Grant. And I think he had like three other finalists or four other finalists. So it was a tough cutting.
0: Of course, you have Cool and Hot at the top of the leaderboard, taking home third with a 220.5. Legendary Kobe Wood in the saddle. And then there she is, X's and O's, a crowd favorite at the 2019 NCHA Derby. Marked a 220 for the fourth-place finish. I'm really excited, like I said last week, about the Super Stakes, the 5-6 competition. The first go-round, the second go-round, and the finals will all be excellent cutting and a great definition of what we like to see in our sport. So I highly encourage everyone to come to Fort Worth to watch not only the 5-6 open finals, but the first and second round as well. Uh, that you, I mean, these guys are going to have to be going for it just to make the finals because we've seen how... High your aggregate score has to be just to advance to the final, so I'm really excited about that. Um, the four-year-old. Let's talk about Rodrigo. Um, it's pretty cool to see someone like that come over from Brazil. I guess it's been just a little over a year now, and dominating in the in the limited all last year. It didn't matter where he went. If he made it on two horses or three horses, he was going to be in the top, be the top two or the top three um, every time he showed, and then advancing and having to show. Uh, with the big dogs in the open. And I'm sure there were some people out there that were like, oh, yeah, now Rodrigo is going to probably have a few years where kind of a little lull uh, just having to compete with Lloyd and Bo and Wesley and James Payne and Grant Setnica and Casey Green and and Bo's brother Wesley and Matt Gaines and Adon and Big A and just the big, big-time trainers that are going right now. And then all of a sudden we're not even to the summer swing yet. We're in March and Rodrigo's already got a Open Derby Championship um, in the Open, uh, really in the heart of the cutting horse world, uh, right there in Graham, Texas. I mean, like you, like I say, you look at the competition that was there, and it's pretty cool to see someone like that chase their dreams and then call themselves an Open champion now.
1: Yeah, it's got to be a an amazing feeling. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's dream come true, wouldn't it be? I mean. Come over here, just wanting to ride cutting horses and getting
2: to um, be a part of so much success, like he has. Seeing him for the f- first time when I watched him, I think for everybody, it's kind of the same thing. It's like you seen him and you're like, "Who is this?" And but it's like the first time you watched him show, you're like, "Okay, this guy's legit." And then, uh, and then it just and last year, just I mean, in the intermediate classes, I mean, he dominated and limited at the at the shows in fort worth he did very good at and uh Made i mean open fraternity it,
0: finals on the way it,
2: limited open fraternity yeah, champ
0: limited open fraternity champ i i
2: it, i think it probably he's he's got a pretty cool story and i haven't heard it uh but i bet he's got a pretty cool story to uh, of how he got to where he is today because i i don't imagine and i don't know this for a fact but i don't imagine that it's easy selling being a a trainer in brazil uh let alone being over there in i mean he rodrigo toboga he comes over here but i mean he was over in brazil doing he had to have been doing the same thing he's doing over here uh which i mean i just i think it's a success story that i think i think that people should be happy for him and i mean it's a successful story within the ncha
0: yeah, like you were mentioning, him dominating over in Brazil. I was looking at his Facebook the other day, and he shared, uh, I think it might have been his, his family's Facebook page over in Brazil, and it was a bunch of videos of kind of the day-to-day operations at their ranch in Brazil. And it's just really cool to see uh, the transition from where he started to now he's working for 2008 Open Futurity Champion, riding Metallic Cat, Bo Ga I mean, one of the, arguably one of the best trainers uh, to ever crack the herd at a cutting horse event. He's here working for him, and they're both winning championships at the same show, uh, one in the 5-, 6-year-old and one in the 4-year-old. So like you say, CBL, I do think it's a really cool story and a, just a definition of just a really good feel-good story uh, for the NCHA overall. Then, of course, like we said last week too, tweezing my brow. She was really good. I guess it was at the Arbuckle Mountain Futurity in Ardmore and then goes down. Uh, to Graham, Texas, for the Cattlemen's. Picks up a co reserve championship with the Don Banuelos and Twice in Santiago. Both of those horses kind of coming from different paths. You have Twice in Santiago, the open reserve fraternity champion. Then, of course, like we said last week, um, a seasoned veteran in Tweezing My Brow that uh, went to a lot of shows there in the fall and had a tremendous amount of success in both the open fraternity and the non pro Futurity with both Lloyd and Ty Moore.
2: Highlighted Stallions for Episode 54 of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Brazos Valley Stallion Station. CR Gotcha Covered 2019 NCHA World Champion currently has earnings over $302,000. Check out his Facebook page or current ads for the CR Gotcha Covered Breeders Invitational Incentive, and his first full crop arrives this year. Cool and hot. 2020 Abilene Spectacular non-pro champion and open circuit champion with Paula and Kobe Wood. He was the 2018 NCHA Horse of the Year. Equistat named him the leading cutting money earner, all age, all division, and he was a 2019 NCHA Summer Spectacular double finalist, now with earnings over 368000 Check out his first full crop on the ground this year. For a complete listing of stallions and more information, visit Brazos Valley Stallion com and like their page on Facebook, Brazos Valley Stallion Station LP.
0: Well, guys, another limited competition in the books. Some more conversation has developed on the social media networks discussing the limited rollback. So I uh, figured we could have a little conversation. Um, of course, our limited champion today, Kara Brewer, um, earner of over a million dollars in the cutting pin, um, made numerous Open fraternity Finals and has customers that dominate at the non-pro and amateur level as well. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on seeing more Hall of Fame trainers uh, rolling back to this limited or being able to uh, have another place to go show?
2: I mean, I... I still stick by with what I, I have said in the last couple episodes of, or when we've talked about it. I think the one thing I would definitely like to point out um, about the stigma of Hall of Fame writers being able to show in the lower level open class is, I mean, some of those, some of those guys, uh, it took their entire career to uh, make it to the million-dollar marker to make it into the Hall of Fame. So I think you're doing that person a disservice um, comparing them to what you would say the elite riders that are going right now. And so I, I don't believe that you put them on the same pedestal as um, the the top riders going right now. And and I'm not discredic- discrediting them uh, being in the Hall of Fame by no means, because that's—I mean, that's goals in life—is to make the Hall of Fame and, and win a million dollars. But too, I mean, you got to put it in an account just because a person has made the Hall of Fame. I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't mean that uh, it was—I mean, something overnight or it's like you see some of these guys that are in the Hall of Fame that's won two, three, four, five, six million dollars. Um, I just, you know. In I still 100% think that uh, I mean the having the intermediate class is very important and, and just as much so for the lower level trainer to have a chance to show. But also, uh, I believe that it, you you taking uh, like these people that have have made the intermediate finals that ha- have that. Uh, label of Hall of Fame rider uh, on their name I believe that you're you're also hurting their career by not allowing them to be able to show in that lower leveled open um, for I mean uh, many different reasons whether it be just the horsepower that they have came across in that point in time or also you know uh, you, there's a just like in sports, there's a prime of, of your career. Um, and, and sometimes that's a 25, 30 year prime in cutting. And then also that's sometimes it could be 10 years and, uh, not allowing those people to show in it as well as the intermediate riders. I, I believe you are setting th- those people up, uh, for, for some failure yes and and that's
1: one thing that i feel like needs to be touched on too is this isn't necessarily a a true leveling that's been going on um you know the rules are a lot different for the super stakes and each one of these shows even though they're ncha produced events they are allowed to change their rules as as best as they see fit and by them doing this it basically accounted for a lot more entries. I mean, they were cut until 1130, 12 o'clock the other night at Graham. And when you give the show producers the opportunity to change their rules for the cutting they want to, you end up with these things that come up in conversation and hopefully can get us to a better spot when NCHA actually decides to implement leveling and how they go about doing it and where they're going to have possibly some sort of protected level in the open so these younger guys and younger trainers can still get into the limited, and get their feet wet, but also having a rollback area or level that can facilitate the other people like that we're seeing showing the limited right now. And I think that there's pros and cons to all of it. And the best thing we can do right now is just take the information that we're getting by these different rules at each of these cuttings and implement it the best way possible for the NCHA. Probably not a good
0: thing, though, that all these show producers have freedom to kind of make their own rules
1: in a way, though, wouldn't you? Well, it is and it isn't because the reason that they kind of came up with that is not everything revolves around what goes on in North Texas, basically. So what works here might not work in Nebraska or California or in Georgia and Alabama, Florida. So that's why it's been allowed – for these show producers to change, you know, things that fit them better. And just like the novice rule that we've talked about, I mean, that should be for novice horses and it should be based on how much they've won. So it gives those actually novice horses that haven't won over that earnings cap, a chance to win some money as well. But it, you know, gets lost in translation or gets changed from show producer to show producer. And it doesn't really serve the purpose as a novice class.
2: And uh- Another thing that I would like to point out is, you know, with not having um, the rollback, the 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 entries in the limited class, for example, at the, at the Cattlemen, I mean, it would have been uh, significantly lower. Um, and I mean, another thing is in in the five six uh, limited, it took a two fourteen. To uh, advance from the first go, uh, and in the four-year-old limited, to advance in the first go, it took a 210, which I believe uh, is very doable for for uh, someone that has uh, the horse um, that's capable of, of showing in the open. And then in the in the second go of the five-six limited, it took a 434 and a half, which that I mean that is that is plenty high. Um, and then in the four-year-old limited it took a four thirty-one and a half. and um, but you know i this I is mean, also the, the th- first
1: cutting that has had two goes yeah the last couple ones i mean except for the four-year-old has had two goes but taking the,
0: about a 15 16 17 right in there to, to make the look yeah
1: and, and, and so like you kind of see a different aspect to it because now we're having two goes for the 5-6 open limited as well and some of those guys that maybe wouldn't make it back in the first go of the regular open, did get to go again because yeah. they made it in the they made it to the second go in the limited and allowed them to show again. Don't
0: y'all go. think that the open should there should be some consistent C factor to well, think the competition as well? I mean in the non pro you see that in the non pro so I think in all classes of the open you should have to string two runs together to advance to a money round, say or a, a round where you're gonna be able to win a check.
2: I think that in some of those cases I think that the injuries have gotten in the way of there not being uh, a second go in some of those cases and scenarios but I mean uh, in, in the first go of the five and six year old like we're talking about it's just been one go it took a 16 and a half um, and you know it was like we've been it's like 19, 20 21 uh, and uh, Grant Seneca, he made he got into the finals in uh, at those other shows that if it was just a one-go in the finals, he wouldn't even have got a chance to go in the second go.
0: That's a really good point because that's why I like the two-go system because if you do come back and mark a, a 16 or generally in the 5-6, that's about what it takes, 15 and a half 16, to advance to the second round. And that's why I like going and watching the second round, whether it's in Fort Worth or anywhere, is, Seeing whether it's Matt Gaines or Grant or Adon or whoever, if somebody had a little bobble or one little tiny miss in the first round, they come back in the second round and mark a 222 or a 223, and they're right back in the thick of it. And I think that's what makes the sport fun and what makes the open competition cool is it's possible for those guys to kind of of gear up or gear down if they need to go mark that big score to advance to the next round. Let me ask you all this question. How do you all feel about the proposition of leveling the cuttings based on the amount the horse has won?
1: I think it's not going to be as easy as leveling people on how much they've won. I think that's going to get uh, very confusing. Um, I mean, obviously, depending on the where the caps are, and, and maybe that is something that can be talked about and, and looked at. I mean, all the stats are there. you just got to go get them and find them and and figure it all out. But to me, that could get very confusing on what horses. I mean, obviously, especially the four-year-old, when it starts in the first of the year, say you have bad luck at the fraternity and don't make the fraternity finals, but you're in the lower-level novice classes, and you dominate in those just because you had some bad luck.
0: Metallic Rebel and Rolls-Royce are – Prime yep. examples is both bombed out in the first round at the Futurity, and then yep. you look at the careers that both of those Steins have gone on to have.
1: And I feel like that's, uh, you know, what do you add the most money to? the? And do you make it one class or just have other classes for those horses? And I just think it could get really, really confusing.
0: Well, after that first show at the Futurity, or you go to Abilene or the Ike in February, uh, that top level of the Open could have max what, 35, head, 30 head of horses. Um, yeah.
1: Depending on where the, yeah, where the, you know, caps fall and everything like that. And, but in, in the same sense, like on the weekend show, it's worked for a long time. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we, dad had a three novice horse and a 10 novice horse and an open horse. And, and he got to show that horse in the three novice all year long. Cause that's what he was eligible for at the beginning of the year. And obviously he'd, he, my dad won a couple world championships in the three novice and and they won more than three thousand dollars that year and they were open horses the next year but for a weekend deal that's it's a little bit different because there's a lot of those horses that are aged out and so i I just don't know the concept of how it would work to make it a streamlined process because the other the other aspect of this whole deal is simplicity like it's got to be simple it's It's already confusing because the rules aren't the same everywhere, and that's something that has been talked about a lot as well. I mean, having different rules at each cutting makes it hard to keep up with it and really hard to evaluate what is going on, because at one place it's called a limited, at one place at the next cutting it's called an intermediate, and there's different rules at this intermediate than there were at the limited, and people get hung up on the names of what limited and intermediate means, but... At the end of the day, we need another spot for these horses and people to show and be successful and make money.
0: Another problem I would see with that is you'd have just a whole other level of just having to be perfect down at the NCHA office. You look at a time in the year like we're in right now where there's a cutting every week and somebody's going to be having to add up the total money won by every horse. Which it's already been done. Yeah, but it's just in a short turnaround. There are, I mean, people are human. Mistakes are made. And we've seen it time and time again. Horses that aren't eligible for certain classes that they haven't realized weren't eligible for that. And they've already sent them a check and it's already too late. And um, they end up having to pay out two champions. So um, I do think it's an interesting topic of discussion, though.
1: Well, and that's that's the exact way that we're going to make all this better is coming up with these ideas, talking about these ideas and seeing if they will work. And I mean, in my opinion, there's still a lot of work to be done. It's not crystal clear. The writing's not on the wall. We got to figure this out and, and move forward.
0: This episode is brought to you by Equine Extreme Performance. EXP offers an all natural drug-free supplement built for the equine industry. They have built these products using cutting edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse. How do they know it's right for your horse? Because EXP was designed by horsemen and they understand what your horse needs. Be sure to visit www.expequine.com and enter promo code Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next EXP order. That's promo code Section K to receive 10% off your next EXP order at www.expequine.com. We got a couple extra topics for discussion to get to today. The first one, it's kind of a late development here on the Section K podcast, but huge shout out to the Rockin' P Ranch, Bobby Patton, Taylor Sheridan, everyone at. The Yellowstone TV show will be seeing a celebrity cameo from none other than the Metallic Cat on Season 3 of Yellowstone. Um, Myself, I'm the one-third of the uh, Section K podcast and the only fan of Yellowstone so far, I think I'm going to... Current fan. Current fan. Well, you guys yeah. are fans. Y'all come are on, y'all are come fa- on, I, I shouldn't come say on. that. Y'all shouldn't, I shouldn't say y'all aren't. Y'all are fans of the show. Y'all are just hardworking young men, and y'all don't have all the time in the world to sit down and watch a full season of a TV show. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, well,
2: you're giving me a little too much credit <laughs> yeah, for work. Yeah, me working, too.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> but when y'all sit down to watch TV... I'm going to
2: soon to... It's fair to say, games. and
0: I'm as guilty as anybody, I'm probably sitting down to watch sports or a football game yeah. or a basketball game or something along those lines or a cutting on the TV, which is what I did to watch the Cattlemen's Finals. Just plug my laptop, Cutting Horse Central live scoring, and watch it on my TV. Well, but, and this is
1: kind of sitcom season right now, really. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. All the football's done, basketball's just kind of It's bachelor season, though, too, man. Yeah, I'm not in on that. but, But, yeah, I mean – baseball's fixing to start so like nothing really big is going on right now so it's a good time to catch back up on you guys are going to get probably what i'm going to do
0: caught up on yellowstone and y'all are going to see uh in the first two seasons i know there was a couple cameos by uh famous reigning trainers and i want to say todd bergen was in one of the episodes as well um you'll just see kevin costner and some of the other characters in the show uh discussing matters in the show and in the background it'll just be i think Fapani and Bergen and a couple of those other guys were on there they'll just be doing spins or sliding stops and you'll kind of see them in the background so I'm pretty excited to see what's in store for metallic cat um, there in Yellowstone season three it was really cool in the first two seasons guys they have like a bunkhouse where all the Cowboys stay and uh, one of the one one episode They had the special new baby, the viral video that we talked about at Rancho playing in the background. They have a NCHA sticker on the freezer in in the bunkhouse. So there's kind of been cool uh, little placement of the NCHA logo and uh, kind of product placement of sorts uh, throughout the show of of Yellowstone throughout uh, the the first three seasons. And uh, it's pretty cool just living in this area, uh, being a huge fan of the show. We see Taylor Sheridan out and about, uh, whether it's at the NCHA Futurity uh, shown in the, in the uh, cow horse for cutters at the snaffle bit Futurity and the uh, a celebrity cutting at, at the NCHA Futurity, or just the other day I popped into ML Letty's on the stockyards and taylor sheridan just in there at the western store getting whatever it was he needed to get so it is cool being in this area and uh being so close to uh someone of that stature that um is an unbelievable writer uh not only of a series like yellowstone but numerous other movies like wind river and uh, a couple others that um sicarios yeah uh that guy's unbelievable so it is really cool to um be around and be able to meet, like I was at the Futurity. I got to meet Jimmy. You guys will see how cool Jimmy is uh, when you all sit down to watch Yellowstone. But, oh
1: well, yeah. and what he's doing for, like, just the equine horse industry anyways. Yeah, like, the what run for the million. What he's doing for that, I mean, it's just awesome. and It's cool to see that Cutting's going to keep dipping their toe into Yellowstone a little bit with Metallic Cap being in there. It's good for our sport and, and all the equine sports that we're closely involved with.
0: That's another... Uh, series i need to watch i didn't uh tune in after every episode of yellowstone to watch the uh is it the last cowboy series i think is what it's called
2: yeah yeah uh
0: with the rainers and the the lead up to the run for a million um i've heard that's very very entertaining and uh i'll be looking forward to pulling up the paramount network on my apple tv and catching up on on those as well
2: i think that I mean, the main thing is, you know, Metallic Cat has been such a huge part of the NCHA. And, and, I mean, he's he's a, a living legend. Uh, but it's going to be awesome to see a horse that we all know, uh, the people that are members of the NCHA, how how great he has been to the horse industry. But it's, it's going to be an awesome moment for him to be on TV and, and almost turn into a, a celebrity. And uh, the other, other thing to add uh, to uh, just what all Taylor Sheridan is doing, I, I, I believe that Taylor Sheridan is a, a key component in, in all of the equine industries on them growing. And uh, he, he has, I mean, it blows my mind, really, just a lot of the things that he's doing uh, to help, promote uh, the equine industries and I think it's awesome uh, that there's a guy out there uh, that has the connections and the ties that he does and, and what he's doing with those connection and ties. Yeah he's really able to
0: portray that image of the western lifestyle and the equine lifestyle and how important it is to really everyone that's involved so I do think it's great that he is as involved and hopefully he continues to be as involved as he currently is so Another topic I wanted to talk about with you guys was Mason Saunders. I don't know if the listeners Who? have heard about Mason <laughs> Saunders team roper, man. going to the team ropen. I don't know exactly what team ropen or what affiliation or if it was just a jackpot or a US ropen or what it was, but um,
1: Madison twenty six
0: thousand dollars. It had to have been like a World Series or something.
1: paid that much big rodeos down there in Arizona where he's now currently a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks yeah so So, Madison Bumgardner World
0: Series pitcher for the San Francisco Giants now playing for the Arizona Diamondbacks um, has been competing under a fake name uh, when he goes to the rodeo events Mason Saunders I thought this was really cool guys uh, first and foremost because it reminded me of a story um, a long time ago a guy by the name of Walt Garrison told me uh, out in Lajitas, Texas one weekend, I was hanging out with him and Leroy Jordan and a guy named Peter Robbins that you'll see at a bunch of the cuttings as well, a cowboy artist. And Walt was telling me about uh, one time he had slipped over to the to the rodeo grounds there in Mineral Wells and uh, had kicked some tail there in the bulldogging. And, and I guess the secretary... Uh, there at the rodeo, didn't realize that it. it was supposed to stay under wraps and picked up the phone one Monday morning and called Tom Landry and was like, oh, thank you so much for letting Walt come out and compete The steer in the steer wrestling at the rodeo. is was just so great that, that the Cowboys are re- willing to work with the PRCA and allowing that. And Walt Garrison said Tom Landry about surfboard tossed him out of the facility. It was like, you are not supposed to be doing that.
1: So for those of us who aren't Cowboys faithfuls, who's Walt Garrison?
0: Walt Garrison is one of the <laughs> – most just punishing running backs like one of my f- he's a just a blue collar he played back in the day when the Cowboys were actually good and won Super Bowls and uh yeah both him and Leroy Jordan Leroy Jordan uh, are in the ring of honor Cowboys Hall of Fame um just Cowboys legends so
1: I just wanted to make sure because not everybody's a have you ever Cowboys seen faithful. have you ever
0: seen those old skull commercials where uh, Earl Campbell. It's like just a pinch between your tooth, tooth and gum, or whatever. Walt Garrison used to do a ton of those. There's a there's an old commercial. Look it up on YouTube. Both you guys or whoever's listening, look it up on YouTube. Walt Garrison. He used to be like a a skull spokesman, and he would literally. There's a funny commercial of him throwing a football to Earl Campbell on a beach, and Earl Campbell and him are packing a packing a, <laughs> a pinch of snuff in their mouth. It's it's pretty funny stuff. Yeah, Yeah. Some of the best some of the best stories I've ever heard. Uh, in my life another youtube video people are funny critters by walt garrison it's just that guy's unbelievable storyteller as you can imagine somebody that rodeoed and played in the nfl has to have a ton of stories and that guy definitely did but kind of exactly that guy reminded me of this of this madison bum Gardner story cbl when you sent it to me
1: yeah and i wouldn't say that i'm a san francisco giants expert but uh, or even a Madison Bumgardner excerpt. Phil expert. Rapp is though, but yes, and that's how I've known about Madison Bumgarner for a long time. And a good friend of mine from California, Pete Jakeway, he uh, owner of Jayco Brands, and and he uh, built tack for a lot of the rodeo people for a long time. Wanted to come into cutting, and and I uh, talked to him about building tack for cutting and and whatnot. But um, I've known Pete's dad for a long, long time, and. And uh, anyways, when he found out that Mad Bum was going to Ropens when he was around here in San Francisco, he actually tried to sponsor him as uh, a Jayco for the rodeo deal, and he would wear Jayco brand belts and stuff when he pitched and whatnot and, and out. But he told me that when he first signed, or I think his first contract with the Giants, that they had a clause in there that didn't allow him to rodeo, and... When I saw that he got traded to the Diamondbacks, I was wondering if he had the same. He clause. signed a
2: new. He signed a new contract. He was a free agent this off season. Oh, okay.
0: When he's like really tight with Kerry Kelly. I know that for a fact. Really. I know Kerry's built a bunch of bits and spurs for him. I remember looking through that book. Uh, there at all the Triple Crown shows, there at Kerry's booth, and there's I know for a fact there's a like a rope in kind Of correction style bit that, that he made up for him in a pair of rope and spurs. And I know there's, I think there's a picture that Carrie showed me on his phone of uh, his son Caden, pretty cool name, uh, <laughs> there in left, in left field uh, taking a picture with Madison Bumgarner. Hey man, not many kids named Caden these days, so got to shout him out.
1: When we had cuttings in the Pacific Coast out in Burbank, California, I remember Scott Weiss, I believe, used to ride horses for Michael Keaton. But when he showed um, from time to time, he always His name was always Michael Douglas, so I'm not really sure which is his real name, but I mean I could definitely foresee why you would want to use a different name because especially if you're at that level of fame where most people know you and it would just get annoying all the time when you're just trying to go out and rope with your buddies or, Well, there's a
0: certain pair of supermodels mom that started to show horses and I'd be really anxious to see if she competes under an alias because – Her daughters are pretty well known in the supermodel community, so pretty pretty anxious to see what happens there.
2: Mad Madison Bumgarner isn't uh, just you know an average major league pitcher either. I mean he right now, or I guess you could, he's arguably one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. Not necessarily greatest pitchers of all time, but it it, postseason pitchers he, he. he his stats line up with uh, some of the greats. So yeah, think I of think, Kershaw,
0: and then think of the opposite, and you have Madison Bumgarner. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> uh, but I think it, I think it's really cool. Uh, I, I'm sure that the teams, the owners aren't don't think this is a very cool story. Um, but for us, you know being uh involved with horses and everything it's it's cool to see uh, a professional athlete trying to sneak off to ride a horse um it, you know just because i mean we know how awesome horses are and for a, a, a guy uh like madison bumgarner to be going out of his way and changing his name uh i think it's it's a it's a pretty cool story but i have a question for you guys If you guys were famous and were wanting to go somewhere that you didn't want anyone knowing where you were at or just didn't want the paparazzi around you, (laughs) what would y'all's alias be?
0: I honestly have no clue. I'm contemplating right now.
1: Yeah. uh, That's kind of a tough question because I don't ever foresee myself being in that place where I need to give myself a new name so I don't get found out of who I am. Um, But I would probably go with Corey James. And it's probably because I always get called Corey anyways. Just people that have known me forever call me Corey. And I always have to correct them. So I might as well just use a name that's close to mine so it's not that hard to remember. And then James is my middle name, which not a whole lot of people know. So be a little tough to trace back?
0: I would probably go with Jerry Underhill. (laughs) A little nod to the movie Fletch with Chevy Chase. Um, He's at a country club just ordering up all these um, filet steak sandwiches and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, just put it on the Underhills tab. And it's like just a made-up name, and there just happens to be someone that's a member at that club named Underhill. So I would go with the last name of Underhill for sure. So
2: I'm going to – I'll – I will be very mad if one day I do get famous because I really do want to use this name and i want to have this out here for me to be out there so I won't be able to use it. But 100% Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a real person's name
0: though, CBO. That's not like a yeah, but,
2: name. but But uh, it's a nickname. Pac-Man isn't his actual uh, name. That's that was right. his nickname. Adam,
0: Adam Jones, we've seen... His name enough in the police reports to know that Adam Jones is, in fact, his real name.
1: But that name's more famous than your name.
2: (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I was expecting something like... Oh, you're just fading fading
1: the heat in the opposite way. You're just going to get more paparazzi with Pac-Man Jones.
2: (laughs) But good choice overall. Good choice.
1: Pac-Man Jones riding a cutting horse. What? if I
2: get famous it's not gonna be because of me riding a cutting horse um. it's gonna it's gonna have to be from something else so we're definitely I'm I'm sticking to the pac-man Jones take I want I that name I don't mind it I think it's good don't hate it pretty good
0: <laughs> well guys I think that's gonna do it for today's show congratulations to all the champions at the cattleman's Derby and classic challenge and best of luck to all the amateurs and non-pros they're going to be competing there in graham texas for the rest of the week and weekend Uh, safe travels to everyone going and coming from the cattleman's derby in graham texas we'll be seeing you
2: guys down the road adios bye